0: In 1929, that's when scientists discovered that the brain actually doesn't turn off at night. It goes through these uh, different cycles of activity, which we now call REM and non-REM. REM means rapid eye movement. It's actually a deeper sleep during which it becomes hard for us to wake up or for someone to be woken up.
1: Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll learn about the all natural first aid kit. We'll discuss sleep and your health. We'll hear about the health benefits of turmeric. And lastly, we'll consider the future of restaurants. But first, a little bit of business. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit free, and great tasting greens on the market. Joel Thuna is a master herbalist and general manager of Purely Natural. He strives to improve the quality of natural products on the market and passes along his knowledge of herbal remedies through lectures and articles. Joel is also a regular and valued contributor to Tonic Magazine. Welcome back to the show.
2: As always, it's my pleasure on this beautiful, bright day.
1: Yeah. So we were noodling about topics because, you know, there are only so many health and wellness topics that you can cover. (laughs) But we came up with an optimistic piece this month because people will be getting out and people will be getting out into nature. Yep. And with that, people will get, you know, small injuries, aches, pains, etc., And they may not want to deal with chemicals and products they can get that may not be natural. Yep. So what we're going to look at is the all natural first aid kit.
2: A very valuable thing. No question of that
1: so why does it make sense to have one and what's sort of the background for this
2: well as you stated part of the problem is that there are tons of wonderful things out there in the allopathic or conventional medicine world to help with minor aches strains the minor little things that happen every day the problem is the vast majority of them they do a good job but at the same time they have side effects that many people don't want and some of them are quite toxic now i'm not one of those people who advocates go natural first no matter what no matter what no matter what if you're someone who's got something that needs to go to a hospital go to a hospital get the emergency taken care of get out of danger then you can start looking at natural things but natural things you should be looking usually first if it's something minor that can be treated that way.
1: Right, and I know you advocate sort of knowledge as one of the tools in the kit, right?
2: Oh, definitely. The first thing is you have to know what you're doing because quite frankly, flailing around isn't gonna help. Right. We recommend always getting the knowledge from the source, be it St. John's Ambulance, or be it from uh, community-based groups like many community centers, even some religious organizations hold regular classes explaining how to do first aid, because if you don't know what you're doing, you could actually do harm rather than help.
1: Right. And then, of course, you know, there's no one kit that's going to, you know, it would be unwieldy to have everything that you absolutely needed. So there's different kinds of kits, right? There's the the home and away, let's call it.
2: Definitely. Well, my family, for example, we have a kit for my house, which is fairly large. I'm (laughs) it's not tiny. Then we have one that we take on vacations and camping, and then we have two itty-bitty ones for our cars. And depending on the level of requirement and the reality of what likely or potentially could happen depends on what you put in a kit and how big the kit actually is. And what I mean by that, for example, is I have a kit at my office that's designed for 15 people, I'm not going to take that on a vacation with me. It's just unwielding. It's huge. Right. At the same time, I'm not going to take the kit from my car that's designed to fit in a door pocket and use it at work. It's not going to cut mustard there.
1: Right. Okay. So let's talk about what's universal. Like if you were going to start having a kit, whether it's at home or for travel, what would you put in it?
2: Well, the first thing is any kit, regardless of its size, has to have certain things that you're saying. Yeah. Bandages, and not just regular everyday. You want to have patch, butterfly, heavy duty bandages, large bandages, small bandages, waterproof, knuckle bandages. You want to have a good range of them because you have no idea what's going to happen. Yep. On top of that, you want to have medical tape, gauze, cotton balls, alcohol swabs, alcohol towelettes, tweezers, finger splints, scissors, gloves, safety pins and definitely matches and instant cold packs. Mm-hmm. Those cannot be overstated. You never know when you're going to need them. Now, the nice thing is often you can go to any store that would carry any of these things and they'll have a ready-made bandage kit, for example. That'll have, for example, 10 of each of the bandages and all the other things. You don't even open it. It's normally in a sealed little plastic Container yep. or in almost like a pencil case, you take it and throw it into your kit and then add other things. That way it's nice. You know, if it's unopened, that it's full inventory. There's no issue. It'll have an expiry date on it, and you just keep using it until the expiry date. Then you remove it, get a new one.
1: Okay. Let's talk about the simplest of kits, the smallest one, which is the car kit. So, yep. what would you supplement for the one that's in your car?
2: Well, first, everything that we said earlier. Yep. Then I would add hand sanitizer. And the reason is, as we all know, hand sanitizer is invaluable. But the thing is, the last thing you want to do is introduce any bacteria into a wound that you're trying to heat. Sorry, trying to clean. Now, the thing is, first thing you want to do is clean the wound with, for example, one of the alcohol towelettes or something to clean it. But then, assuming you can't get anywhere with soap and water for your hand because it's a car kit... You want to make sure your hands are as clean as they can be. So you have clean off your hands with a rag or whatever you can to get rid of the dirt. Then you want to get rid of the bacteria. So that's when you use the hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. The next thing you want to do is have elastic bandages. These are the long, stretchy fabric rolls that can be used to tightly wrap injuries like sprains yep. to reduce swelling. Or they can also be used as a tourniquet. Or the use that we most often use them for in my house is to hold cotton cold pads against the skin. Right. Some of them, the old-fashioned kind, come with those really interesting, they look almost like butterfly clips. Right. The newer ones come with pieces of Velcro both work just as well.
1: Okay. Uh, What about nutraceuticals? Is there anything you take along with you?
2: Definitely. I have two go-tos in there. One is, depending on what I can get at the time, either a tea tree ointment or a tea tree cream. Mm -hmm. The reason are these are highly antibacterial, can be applied directly to any wound pretty much. And you can also put them directly on a bandage, put them on. They help prevent infection and they help speed up healing. The big thing, though, is remember, although you can ingest tea tree oil, you do not want to ingest the ointment or the cream ever. Okay. The next one is ginger. Ginger is one of my go-to remedies. I use it for a ton of things. And in a car, it's invaluable because inevitably someone at some point in time is going to, either they're naturally queasy or they ate something weird, they're going to feel ill or nauseous. And ginger is wonderful for settling the stomach and aiding digestion. I always have water in my car personally. I bring it in, take it out, bring it in, take it out. So I keep ginger in certified organic capsules, nice and easy to take. If you're someone who doesn't keep water in your car, just have some nice, really strong ginger mints or candied ginger. Okay.
1: Okay. That sounds like good advice and pretty simple.
2: Yep, yeah, nice so, and easy.
1: So let's move on to a more sophisticated pack. Let's say I was going camping or, you know, I'm hiking or something along those lines. What would you recommend for going out into nature?
2: Well, what we would add to our kit that we've already created is first thing we would have organic vegan probiotics and activated charcoal. Okay. And the reason behind that is whenever you travel, even if it's not that far, even if it's just into cottage country, you run the risk of digestive illness and upset. The further you are from home, the more likely it is to happen, but it can still happen if you're close by. And this can range from just a minor annoyance all the way up to incapacitating you and ruining your trip. Yeah. We make sure to take them with us always, and we take them every meal through our trips, and we've never regretted it. In our case, my family, we managed weeks on end in the jungle and back country of Asia with a four-year-old Everyone thought we were nuts because we sat down at every meal and had these capsules. But you know what? We lasted six weeks without a single illness. Wow. <laughs> Everyone thought Good for you. that was amazing.
1: I'm just amazed you took a four-year-old on that trip, but go on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we would do is we take insects, sting relief pads, and itch relievers. Okay. Inevitably, in weather like this, someone's going to get an insect sting or bite that will drive them nuts or worse. Sting relief pads help relieve the pain after you've removed the stinger with your tweezers that are already included. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the itch relievers help reduce the need to scratch those black fly, mosquito, and other insect bites that just drive you nuts and make being outdoors a pain. Yep. So having those, great. But what you can also do, and we pack as well, is lemon eucalyptus spray. Other people also use citronella spray to prevent the bites in the first place.
1: Right. The bugs don't like the citronella.
2: They do not. But the latest ones, I'll be honest, a lot of bugs don't like citronella. I found better success with lemon eucalyptus. Okay. And it's not lemon and eucalyptus as two separate things mixed together. Lemon eucalyptus is its own unique species, and there's great research on it. It's even endorsed by the EPA in the United States. Okay.
1: And you're saying that's readily available? We can find that in the stores?
2: Oh, yeah. It's readily available anywhere that will have insect spray should have it. If, if you're not familiar with the brands that have it, just ask them for something with lemon eucalyptus in it. Okay. Also, always have a digital thermometer. And the reason you want digital as opposed to the old-fashioned kind is the old-fashioned kind break. Yep. Much easier, you don't want to Chase Mercury around the room. Digital thermometers, always handy, and the real important value to a digital thermometer is, if you have printed out, like we do with our digital thermometer, just a listing of, it's a chart, essentially, that says, okay, Temperature of this, okay, it's just a fever. Temperature this, it's this. Temperature this, go to a hospital. This way it lets you know when something is no longer in the range that you can take care of and you have to seek proper medical attention.
1: Right, I think, what is it, 103 Fahrenheit is, is the cutoff, I thought, but yeah. You know.
2: I believe it's around there, I, as I say, I have it in my kit, always. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the next item is white willow bark. What's that? Willow, it's a specific willow tree, like some of us have in yeah. our backyard, yeah. that's referred to as nature's aspirin. White willow specifically contains salicin, which is a compound very similar to aspirin. It's potent and a well-tolerated pain reliever for almost any type of pain. Now, here's the caveat with it. If you're someone who has safety issues with it, aspirin, i.e., if you have Rye syndrome, do not use willow. Okay. Do not. But if you don't, which is the majority of us, willow's is a great, safe alternative.
1: Right. The next one on your list is like, it's simple and intuitive, but you know, it absolutely should be on the list.
2: Oh, definitely. Because most people never think of it. Yep. Saline. Yep. Just saline solution. It's readily available. You can get it almost everywhere. It's incredibly inexpensive. But the big thing with this one is a lot of people, if they do think of saline, will buy a bottle, a liter or two liters, and then open it up and pour it into small containers. You don't want to do that. Buy a container that you're going to actually take with you because it's sterile. That's very important because having it sterile means you can use it for many more things than if it isn't. We were on a vacation, actually, my wife and I, many, many years ago in Georgia, and my wife got an infection that she had to go to a hospital for. We got out of the hospital, and they told us upon it that she had to irrigate it regularly with sterile saline. Mm Mm-hmm. Ever since then, we have always taken saline with us, never a question. The other big thing used for it is if you're someone like myself who ends up having dry eyes or itchy eyes, yep. sterile saline is a godsend.
1: Right, because then you're not rubbing it and perhaps infecting it in the first Correct. place. Okay.
2: Oh, it's amazing the difference you feel.
1: What's next on your list?
2: Next are two that people have probably heard of, Arnica and Comfrey ointments. Mm-hmm. And what they're for, and they can be used interchangeably, are for bruises and sprains. Both of them have been used topically for centuries to reduce the pain and swelling of bruises and speed up their healing. Comfrey contains a little bit of an upgraded (laughs) constituency in the fact that it also contains something called allotonin. Mm -hmm. And allotonin is a compound that naturally stimulates the growth of new tissue and helps wounds heal even faster. Hmm. But some people find it a little hard to find comfrey, that's why I also include an arnica here.
1: And the next one is one that I'm sure everybody knows and that's aloe vera, yeah? Oh,
2: aloe, yes. Aloe is king. Aloe, if you've ever had a sunburn or know anyone who has, aloe is their best friend. Yep. It cools the burn, soothes the inflammation, speeds up the healing of all types of burns, not just sunburn. If you have minor contact burns even, you can use aloe on it quite well.
1: Okay, what else would you recommend?
2: One that very few people think of, which surprised me, is chamomile tea. Mm-hmm. And when I say tea, I actually mean the tea bags. And the reason is the tea bags are more versatile than the bulk itself. Chamomile, as some may know, is a gentle, very mild, wonderful tasting, actually, tea. Mm-hmm. And you can use it with kids. It helps soothe upset stomach. It helps you relax. And it can even take the edge off enough to help you sleep. Now, the reason you want to do it in a tea bag is. If you need moist tea bags, help soothe any skin irritations. Yep. So you drink the tea, enjoy the tea, then take the moist tea bag out, squish it a little so it's not really wet, and just put it anywhere where you have skin irritation, and it'll help soothe them. Okay. The next one is particularly valuable in colder climates, (laughs) not right now, is organic elderberry capsules. Elderberry is a go-to remedy for stopping colds and flu from ruining your vacation. On top of that, the berries themselves contain a compound that not only helps prevent the cold and flu viruses, it also helps prevent infection from other respiratory viruses. Hmm. And it helps them by essentially stopping them from invading the cells and taking the cells over. It's also wonderful if you're flying, because as we all know through this COVID, we've learned that when you're flying, you're exposed to tons of different viruses because of the air in the airplane, it's excellent to have some elderberry capsules just before and during your flight. I find that I do that on long haul flights, much happier.
1: I know you have a longer list. We only have time really for one more. What's your last go-to item?
2: My last go item would probably be organic turmeric capsules and the reason is that turmeric like ginger is a multi-pronged thing it's a potent circulation stimulant it's an excellent digestive stimulant but its biggest use is as an anti-inflammatory if you're out and about on your trip like for example we go for hikes in the end you're going to get some little tweaks in joint inflammation and you don't want that pain there turmeric can help keep the inflammation in check but before it becomes a problem, and then you need the ice pack, etc. So we recommend taking turmeric every day while you're out, and that way you don't have the problem even to worry about.
1: Fantastic. So with the other items that we didn't get to today, we'll put it on the website if people are interested. But thank you so much for coming on the show today and helping us with all these amazing products that we can use at home and outdoors.
2: Not a problem. Wonderful. Thank you. And once people look on the site, if they have any questions, please throw them through. I'd love to answer them.
1: Fantastic. Next month, you're going to come back and you'll discuss more health and wellness topics, yes? Definitely. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss sleep and your health on The Tonic.
3: Wayne Elliott here to share my great experience over the past 20 years with Strauss Heart Drops. If you've had bypass surgery, stents, have angina, diabetes, cold hands and feet, grayish blue lips or skin, I urge you to try Strauss Heart Drops and feel better again soon. Strauss Heart Drops saved my life and thousands of others without risk or harm. Go to StraussNaturals.ca to order online or find a store near you. I promise you won't be sorry. I hope you give this to yourself. Thank you.
1: For ultra-amazing rest, you want the Ultramatic adjustable bed. But I'm just an announcer with a really cool voice. Let's hear from ultra-happy
3: customers. Robert from Hamilton says... Shirley from Sealy's Bay
4: says... Get a free consultation on how to improve your quality of sleep at ultramatic.ca or visit the Ultramatic showroom, Ontario's safest mattress store at Lawrence and Bathurst. Ultramatic, elevate your life. This is The
1: Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Adar Shah nurtured the rise of Ultramatic, the iconic Canadian brand of adjustable beds and maker of delightful wellness products. He received his bachelor's degree in engineering at Cornell University, graduating magna cum laude in 1999. After graduation, Adarsh joined The Monitor Group, a Cambridge-based strategy consulting company. He worked for them in Toronto, New York, and Mumbai offices on various corporate strategy, market entry, and merger and acquisition projects. He's a proud Torontonian, having lived here for over 30 years, albeit with a few adventurous years in between away from home. He's the father of two mischievous girls and a caregiver to his happy, healthy, and wine-loving parents. Welcome to the show. How are you, sir?
0: Excellent. Thank you very much, Jamie.
1: So, we're going to discuss something that I think is impacting all of us, and that is we are not getting enough sleep. Even though we're home, I think with all the stresses around us, We're having difficulty getting a good night's sleep. I know sometimes I have difficulty. What does that look like? How does that manifest for most of us?
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Some of us, we just don't know what is a good night's sleep. It actually is different for everyone. But I'd say uh, for most adults, it's probably between seven to eight hours a night. And research shows that it's about that, but it can vary anywhere between five to 12 hours depending on a number of factors, including your own personal sleep cycle.
1: Right. What are you? Are you a six hour guy or are you a 12 hour guy?
0: I've now got this down. I'm a 7.25 hour guy.
1: Wow. (laughs) That is very precise. That is very exact. I'm lucky if I get six, I seem to be able to function between five and six. That's
0: me. That's right. And my wife's probably more like a 10. Yeah. But it's all based on our sleep cycles. And in 1929, that's when scientists discovered that the brain actually doesn't turn off at night. People used to think that the brain simply turns off in the middle of the night, but it, it goes through these uh, different cycles of activity, which we now call REM and non-REM. Yep. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. So REM means rapid eye movement, and that's when it's actually a deeper sleep during which it becomes hard for us to wake up or for someone to be woken up, and non-REM is when we, we slowly start going deeper and deeper into sleep. And then there are actually certain different there sections of uh, non-REM, different cycles within non-REM sleep.
1: Right. And, you know, sleep is important because that's when our body regenerates. So the more deep sleep that you're getting, you know, the better you're going to feel and the healthier you're going to feel. And it's that's when our muscles, you know, recover from, you know, if we've been exercising and, and such.
0: That's right. What's interesting is that the deep sleep that we need is not actually, you know, if we get too much deep sleep, that's not necessarily good for you. Oh. The actual amount of deep sleep that a healthy adult needs is probably only 20 to 25% of your total sleep. Right. So it's interesting to note that, you know, we, we're all different and, you know, deep sleep is can be as short as five minute cycle for some people.
1: Right. But, you know, you can tell the difference. Like when you wake up, you can wake up energized or you can wake up and feeling like, oh, you know, maybe I need to go right back to sleep, right? Because it feels different when you've had
0: a good night's sleep. That's right. Sometimes you, you wake up and you're ready to seize the day, feel refreshed. You know, it matters what the, your bedroom feels like at, at times. It matters, you know, how you wake up, whether light streaming through your windows or not what the temperature is. Sure. These are important factors.
1: So some of us have an easier time getting to sleep than others. And why is that?
0: Caffeine is a big part of why some people don't can't fall asleep very easily. And you know, everyone likes a good cup of Java in the morning, but some people have that quite frequently in the afternoon. Yep. And caffeine is a stimulant that can remain in the blood for between six to eight hours.
1: Right, it's longer than people think. So, you know, people will cut off caffeine at night, but that may not be enough, right?
0: That's right, and a cup of tea can have enough caffeine to keep you awake for quite some time. It's not just coffee. Right. So caffeine's a big one, stress is another big one. You mentioned it at the start of our conversation, but right now, you know, in this time of COVID, If people are worried about loved ones, they're they're worried about financial obligations. So, you know, right now stress has played an increasingly large role in people's poor quality of sleep.
1: It's kind of a vicious cycle though, right? I mean, the more stress you have, the harder it is to sleep. But the more sleep you have, you know, the better you are able to cope with the stress. So sleep really is important if you want to break that cycle, right? If, you, if you're not able to break the stress cycle and, you know, we don't really tend to have control over issues, particularly during COVID. So it sort of behooves us to try and get better sleep so we can cope better.
0: That's right. And I think that if you can create a, a calmer environment in your bedroom, if you can find ways to manage your stress, to alleviate it these are some of the things that can help you fall asleep and get better sleep. What
1: do you do? What would you recommend? Like if you were having a rough night, what are some of the things you would
0: change? So one of the things I do is I purposefully make sure that I'm not watching television or not being on my device at least an hour before I want to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. It's so tempting just to pick up my phone and to check my email or check the news these days. But I, it's really tough to actually not pick up the phone, but it helps me tremendously in terms of my mental well-being before I sleep.
1: Right, but physiologically, it's the light that emanates from your devices that may be causing you difficulty in sleeping. So, you know, if you can eliminate the blue light either by switching the little knob on your phone or, or getting special glasses, or as you said, just putting the phone down, that can help you a great deal.
0: That does help, yeah, absolutely. The other thing I do is I turn the thermostat down before mm-hmm. I get to bed. And I've got one of those uh, fancy automation or automated apps that allows me to do that. But even if you don't, just, you know, head over to your thermostat and turn the temperature down. Typically, if you are between 18 to 22 degrees, mm-hmm. that's the probably the optimal temperature to fall asleep.
1: Okay. You know, I find, you know, I, I like to think of sleep as sort of a mood booster, too. You know, because a good night's sleep can change your perspective on things. We had a sleep doctor on a few years ago. And what he explained is, you know, there's a lot of people who ruminate at night, right? Like maybe you can fall asleep, but you wake up because you're worried about something. And You know, people try and make decisions in the middle of the night, right? Like, you know, they're thinking about a problem and they try and work through it. The fact of the matter is that is absolutely the worst time of the day to be thinking about anything because your brain isn't processing the information correctly. You know, when you say, you know, why don't you sleep on that? It's actually a good idea. Your ability to sort of sift through your problems is much better in the morning than it is at night. So you might as well be sleeping.
0: (laughs) That's right.
1: How do we avoid waking up in the middle of the night what do you do what would you recommend
0: i try to stay cool that's one of the number one things i try to do in the summertime i change to a lighter duvet turn the thermostat down i block out all light Mm -hmm. so i make sure that you know as the sun rises early five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning that that light's not streaming in so i've got blackout shades and i definitely Try not to have a heavy meal before I get to bed. Try to have a lighter meal at night rather than a heavier one.
1: Yeah, I've got a problem in that I have a dog who likes to sleep on the bed and snuggle right up against me, but she's like a hot water bottle. So she is constantly waking me up in the middle of the night because I get too hot. I need to be cool when I sleep. So I wish she would sleep next to my wife, but she refuses. But that's my personal <laughs> issue. That's not yours. Anything else that you would recommend to sort of stay asleep at night?
0: I think one of the things that I also recommend is alcohol. Uh, not having alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say, are you day.
1: are you advocating for it or against it?
0: <laughs> and during these times, a lot of us have been trying a lot of different alcohols that's, that's left in our cabinets these days.
1: I think the thing about alcohol is, you know. Truthfully, you probably will fall asleep if you take a shot before you went to bed. But what will probably happen is you'll get dehydrated during the night and it will wake you up. And that's my experience. I don't get a very restful sleep if I've had a drink
0: before I go to bed. And it also interrupts those sleep cycles that we mentioned earlier. You know, and alcohol messes with how you move from non-REM to REM sleep. And so those interruptions in your sleep cycle throw off your body. You know, your body needs these consistent patterns to sleep well every night.
1: Yes, agreed. So, you know, you're in the biz and I'm sure when people, you know, engage you in, at cocktail parties, you know, they're full of ideas about sleep, but they're essentially myths. So so what are some of the things that you've heard that just are completely untrue about sleep?
0: One of them is that the older you get, the less you need sleep. Right. You know, we, we know that kids, especially infants, you know, they, they sleep for 12 hours or more. And as we get older, it, it gets down. But, You know, when people start moving into their 60s and 70s and 80s, the feeling is that they need less sleep. That's not true. We actually do need to still continue to have a solid six to eight hours of sleep for the body and the mind to recuperate.
1: What the study showed is, yes, you do need the sleep, but people in that age bracket, they tend to get their sleep at different times. So they may nap during the day or, you know, they may take sleep breaks at certain times and that's how they get their sleep in. But it's no less important as they age.
0: Yeah, in fact, in a lot of cultures, especially tropical cultures, that nap is part of the regular sleep cycle or, or sleep practice during the day. So as long as those afternoon naps are not too long, You can actually have a a good nighttime of sleep and daytime as well, daytime nap that helps your body and mind recuperate.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Will you come back again?
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%.
1: Fantastic. That was Adar Shah. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss the health benefits of turmeric on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. U Theory is a Southern California-based lifestyle brand on a mission to inspire wellness in all. Their goal is to develop pure, safe, and innovative supplements that improve one's health, beauty, and overall well-being. They believe that their products are only as good as their ingredients, so they travel the world to source the highest quality raw materials from the places where they're cultivated best. From farm to retail shelf, U-Theory is committed to best-in-class manufacturing processes, guaranteeing purity, potency, and traceability of every product that's made and put on the shelf. To learn more, visit utheory.com and get U-Theory products at Costco Canada.
2: You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio.
1: Dr. Nick Bits completed his undergraduate studies at the University of Denver, where he received a dual degree in human biology and cognitive neuroscience. He went on to earn his medical degree from Bastyr University and completed his medical residency at the Riverwalk Natural Health Clinic in Vail, Colorado. Dr. Bits specializes in integrative medicine. He currently serves as chief science officer at NutriWise and helps develop nutritional products under the U-Theory brand. Outside of his clinical work, Dr. Bits is a writer... And and expert in nutritional supplement formulations. He's also a lifelong yogi and enjoys hiking, biking, trail running, and exploring Southern California with his family. Welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Oh,
4: I'm excellent. It's great to be here, Jamie. So we're going to
1: discuss a specific nutraceutical product today, which a lot of people are hearing about, but they may not actually know the details of. And that is turmeric.
4: Yes, turmeric. Yes. You can pronounce it any several different ways turmeric turmeric you can even see the word curcumin on a lot of products which is the active constituent that's found in turmeric but yeah that's a trending product right now people are really interested in this ingredient and rightfully so
1: you know it's finding its way into all sorts of foods like you know golden smoothies and golden teas which of course comes from the turmeric
4: exactly and yeah i mean you find all different kinds of, of turmeric on the marketplace of course it's found in the spice aisle people cook with it Mm-hmm. it's found in beverages but really the most potent form is dietary supplements hand down and i can speak great length about why i think dietary supplementation with turmeric is the way to go
1: okay so what are the health benefits why would we consider taking it
4: well so just in short turmeric comes from india it's historically been grown there and it's native to ayurvedic medicine so mm-hmm. it has 5000 years of historical use You know, in the States, people really know it as more or less nature's Advil because it is this anti-inflammatory compound, very potent. You feel it working after a couple doses, but it's much, much, much broader in terms of its effects on the body. And it's much more than just this inflammatory nutrient. And it really is, in my estimation, one of the best everyday supplements that people should be taking every day. Even if you don't have inflammatory musculoskeletal conditions or inflammatory digestive conditions, it really can change the course of your your health and well-being overall. And so, you know, why supplements are so effective is because, as a starting point, it's just the potency. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the supplements that are on the marketplace are 95% curcumin. And that the curcumin or the curcuminoids are the yellow pigment that's found in turmeric. And that's the active constituent. That's what you want to maximize inside the body. Powder that's found in like the spice, in the spice aisle, only has about 3% curcumin. So it has very little curcumin that's in it. But these supplement products are 95%. So they're almost pharmaceutical, they're super amplified. They're super concentrated in this one active constituent, and that's what all of the research is on. It's on that one active constituent and how that works inside the body.
1: Okay. In addition to helping with inflammation, what else can
4: it possibly help with? You know, curcumin is a fantastic antioxidant. So, in and of itself, it's really additive to the diet. You know, if people are eating a nutrient poor diet, you can just start taking turmeric just to give your body a little bit more of that antioxidant benefit, so to speak. Beyond the inflammation, of course, you get into like joint health, you get into the systemic benefits. And, you know, often people suffer from osteoarthritis or just joint pain after exercising too much. And turmeric can really cut that down. Some of the new areas that we're starting to see the turmeric products really kind of spill over to in in the U.S. in the areas of liver health, as an example. Mm -hmm. And we know that turmeric really helps to promote liver detoxification. So it's really great for preventing and treating hangovers, as an example. And because of the liver's relationships to the skin, it really helps with skin conditions across the board. So eczema, psoriasis, uh, any inflammatory skin condition. So The use for the liver, I think, is is one of the best. It also is important for brain health. You know, we have studies showing that, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams of a potent turmeric extract can really have benefits for anxiety. It can have it for depression. It even can cross over the blood-brain barrier and break up the beta amyloid plaques that lead to Alzheimer's. So there's really nothing that we know that can do that beyond the curcuminoids or turmeric itself which is really uh, quite amazing.
1: So what about immunity?
4: Yeah, so obviously immunity is all the rage right now. Topically, you can use turmeric, you know, and I use these concentrated uh, capsules. I break them open. I create a really nice, almost like a poultice, Mm -hmm. and you can apply it onto cuts or bee stings or abrasions, and it really helps to treat that area because it's directly antimicrobial. But when you take it, it does have those antibacterial, antiviral, antiparasitic properties as well. And, you know, unfortunately, modern medicine doesn't really have anything to fight viruses. They don't have anything in the arsenal that's antiviral per se. But when you get into the natural pharmacopoeia, we have a whole arsenal of these antiviral botanicals and nutrients. And turmeric is perhaps one of the best. And it helps to just really inhibit viral replication inside the body.
1: When you're using it in its topical usage, is there any concern with staining? Because I know turmeric can, you know, if you're cooking with it, it can really stain your entire kitchen
4: yeah i mean and that the staining when it stains the skin as an example it really just shows that it's getting into the tissue of the skin Okay. and it's really just lodging itself in there and so that's what you want i can appreciate most people don't want their skin colored yellow, but that's just the, the nature of the herb. And the more yellow the plant, the better, the more active the plant is.
1: Where you are in Colorado, are you able to get turmeric in, in your marketplaces? Because in, in Toronto, we can buy it and cook with it.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's widely available throughout the U.S. You know, you can find it obviously in the spice aisle.
1: I don't mean in powder form. I mean in in the rhizome. Yeah,
4: definitely. And it's just started to make it, its appearance. I would say in the last twelve months. I mean, before that time, you could never find turmeric in the grocery isle but now you can find it right next to the ginger generally speaking yeah
1: you said it's sourced in india so what's the process of getting the supplement
4: well so you know it always is important to look at the process the farming processes that go into growing all of these botanicals and turmeric is is definitely in the top five of the top botanicals throughout the world and so sustainability and environmental impact is a big concern and Fortunately, in India, the climate is just right, that turmeric just really uh, grows wildly. But farmers know how to grow it because, again, they've been growing it for thousands of years, and they know how to make sure they're taking care of the land. And so the farms that we use in India to make our products are sustainable. You know, there are thousands of acres. We take care of all of the farmers. And we make sure that after we pull the plants out of the earth, we're actually reseeding it with good bacteria to make sure that you're getting that good mix of bacteria and nutrients back into the soil so that then the next round of turmeric is as active and potent as it can be. And so the turmeric plant, of course, is just like any other plant. It has a root system, it has a stem system, and then it has the aerial parts, which are the leaves. Um, Generally speaking, you know, we don't really use the aerial part above the ground, although you can, it's really high in antioxidants. Traditionally, what you use is the rhizome. So it's that root system that you can use any number of ways, but essentially you just need to powder it first and dry it. And then you can use it for any number of applications medicinally. Okay.
1: So if I were going to go and and look for this uh, in the health food store or my market, Is there any difference between turmeric or curcumin from a medicinal perspective?
4: You know, not really. It's really just marketing and it depends on what the company is calling out. I would make sure that you're using a product that's 95% curcumin. So the the label or the bottle will say that it's a a 95% extract. I wouldn't recommend using a powder, a non-extract, every day for a lot of different reasons. One that I mentioned earlier was that 3% curcuminoid content. It's very low Mm -hmm. in terms of active constituents. But it also, these powders are very high in lead. So any botanical that's in a powder form has lead naturally occurring from the soil. So if you're doing big doses of a powder format every single day, the risk is that you're going to get this lead toxicity. Which is obviously not beneficial overall. Right. No, we don't so want that. Ext- yeah. yeah, so these extracts are super concentrated, they're amplified, and they remove all the lead. And so they're clean.
1: Fantastic. Okay, so we have time for one more question, and that is, are there any contraindications to taking turmeric? Are there any groups of people who maybe should think twice before taking it?
4: You know, that's that's a great question. And I think people are now starting to look at this because, you know, a lot of people are taking turmeric every single day. My parents are, my grandparents are, you know, almost every patient that I work with is on it. You know, theoretically speaking, turmeric is a blood center, much in the same way that like fish oil is or a baby aspirin might be, you know, but again, this is theoretical and, and oftentimes you know, coagulants or these blood thinners are advantageous because they reduce the formation of plaques inside the body, which can lead to these cardiovascular events later in life. And so I think that most people want blood thinning properties overall. The caveat is, you know, if you're on blood thinners such as Coumadin or Warfarin, just make sure that you're working closely with your physician to make sure that you're not thinning too much. The key is just to make sure that you're taking it every day, measuring your INR, which is your uh, blood clotting factors, and make sure that you're within a healthy range while you're taking the turmeric product. But again, this is really theoretically. It's not clinically proven. Almost every holistic doctor that I know, is recommending turmeric without hesitation to almost every patient without any side effects or any problems with blood thinning in particular.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
4: All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: That was Dr. Nick Bitts. We have to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. Ever wonder if your probiotics are really working for you? To fully benefit from probiotics, you need to ensure they're not destroyed by your stomach acids clinical studies prove that enteric coating guarantees safe intestinal delivery of live active probiotic cells new roots herbal offers a variety of enteric coated probiotics formulated to meet your specific needs available exclusively at fine health food stores find them in the refrigerated section to ensure these products are right for you always read and follow the label They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. Hi, this is Jamie Bussin. I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighbourhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit TonicToronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa.
4: This is The
0: Tonic on Zoomer Radio.
1: Vito Marinuzzi was born and raised in Toronto's East End and came up in the restaurant industry the old-fashioned way, through nepotism. His cousin, restaurateur Giorana, hired him as a 15-year-old dishwasher and busser and later gave him a shot as a waiter. Vito's job was as much to fight the prevailing whitewashed version of Italian food in Toronto as it was to get people to try the good stuff. And he did. Now, as co-owner with his famous mom of the two locations of Seven Numbers on the Danforth and Eglinton West, Vito knows the food his kitchen prepares not only preserves that culinary heritage, but innovates within it. Welcome back to the show. How are you?
3: Good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. So like all restaurants in Toronto, you were obviously directly affected by COVID-19 restrictions. Yeah, Um, I don't
3: think I've ever been legislated to close and then reopen ever.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, we were all being told what to do. And obviously, as a small business owner, you had to cope. So what did you decide to do and how did you come to the decision?
3: Well, those initial few days were a real shocker. I mean, You close and you think, okay, we close. Then there's the fear. And then I went into the dark hole of, you know, reading way too much news. And then about four days later, I literally came out of my room. (laughs) That's how it felt. Yeah. And I might have watched Apocalypse Now during those four days. (laughs) And I walked out of the room and I was like, I know what I'm going to do. And I have to do it now. And, you know, and you just get that momentum and you run out and you start to think that survival thought, right? You know, who can work? What can we do? Let's pivot. Let's clean it up. Let's tidy it up. Let's do what we can. Then something that's really important to me was like being available to our customers, right? Like just, you know, they've always eaten at the restaurant. I don't want to stop that because that breaks a habit. So let's push forward and let's just be available to the people that are looking to eat.
1: You were one of the first, I think, to actually sort of put yourself out there, continuing the brand and reaching out to clients, which is, you know, admirable and as an entrepreneur, understandable, but also scary, right? Because, you know, we're all, all of us are operating in like, we don't know what the future is going to be, right? Right.
3: No, exactly. I mean, that first week was scary is probably the best word, but me having the brand not fade to black was very important. And, you know, there's a fine line you walk. You're not going to put anybody at risk. My mom's 75 years old. I'm not putting her at risk just so I can keep the brand alive. Yeah. But it was important to do something. And, you know, luckily I have a 15 and a 16 year old and my mom and myself. And so we really just went back to that original plan that we came up with 20 years ago to be me, you, the kids. We're going to go do this. And that's what we're doing. You know, we you know, we followed protocols, and we kept ourselves safe, and we definitely kept my mom extra safe, and we did it. And, and here we are now, absolutely exhausted.
1: Did you look at what other people were doing, or did you sort of, do you feel like you were blazing a trail your own way?
3: There was a couple of restaurants I looked up at. There was one, I remember, somewhere in the U.S. that was doing something almost immediately, and I thought, oh, that's smart. Uh, but other than that, there wasn't much news coming out. It was all very fresh. I mean, Italy was, you know, the first country that we sort of tracked really closely. But they weren't doing it. They were actually, like, closed, closed. They weren't No, they were, they, were,
1: they were completely shut down. Right? Yeah, so
3: I, I have two cousins who have restaurants there, and, you know, there was nothing they could do. They were completely shut down. So it was, you know, I, I'm not going to pat my own back. So I was trailblazing. But, I mean, there was a little bit of survival for sure. It was that, you know, I've got to pay this. I've got to pay that. You know, we have a building. We have a mortgage. Uh, I've got two kids. Like, it's all that. That's all starts to kick in. And then your business mind itself kicks in and says, okay, how can we make this work?
1: Right. And you did, of course. And and maybe you could explain a bit about like what your model currently is based on where things are at in Toronto.
3: The first week, we had a lot of food already prepared. So the fear was, you know, we've got $30,000 in prepared, like in food, yeah, like in the yeah. restaurants, and in inventory. If we're going to be closed for an extended period of time, what can we freeze? What can we not freeze? What can we use? What do we have to use? And that first week and a half, I think we did $20 four-course dinners, which is outrageous. But it was uh, like I just needed to move it out and not, you know, dispose of it and at least get something back on it. And I think that's where I was able to sort of get our customers back. Like, you just saw them going, what, 20 bucks? Yeah, we'll order five of those, 10 of those, 20 of those. And that was where the, the, the big, you know, I always equate everything to a big wheel moving. The wheel started to move. Yeah. A huge cement wheel moved forward. And I thought, oh, okay. You know, everybody helped out. Everybody helped move all this food out. Then we tied up the menu, went to our signature items, went to things that we could prepare every day that were fresh. I started shopping. None of my suppliers were open. So I'm out every morning shopping for everything. And then it was, again, it was my mom and, you know, one, Raj, you know, who's been with us for as long as we've been open. And then the two kids, and we, we did that first week just together, and it really brought, Everything together.
1: Yeah. I remember visiting the restaurant and just, you know, for lack of a better term, it was like a pioneer spirit. You know, like uh, totally. you, you were out there, you were engaging. And it, it brought a smile to my face, you know, because, you know, you were fighting the good fight against the unnamed villain. Right. Like we were all in this. Right. But seeing you do it actually was inspiring, I think. Oh.
3: Thank you. It was interesting during. Now to look back, it was awesome. Yeah. My and kids will be better for it.
1: I think so. You know, and it was nice to see them pitch in. And then yep. you started co-branding too, right? Like you're working with other businesses as well.
3: We tried to do what we can. I mean, some of the guys are real. You know, our suppliers that were open, we started working with our duck farmer. I mean, the biggest co-brand we do was probably with Barbarian Steakhouse. We did a, a steak pack with them. And then we started, you know, we've always wanted to do baking, and the kitchens aren't set up for baking, and they're always too busy to do it. Yeah. And so, it like, we started making focaccias and bread and even pizzas on a couple of occasions. So now we're baking every day as well. So we've added that in because it's something we can do at this pace.
1: Right. So now things, you know, there's a lot of murmurs and of course, Toronto's behind the curve, but the city's looking at ways to help support the restaurant industry. So why don't we talk about that? Like what, what do you see happening coming up and how's that going to impact? I
3: mean, up, up until now, I would say to you that every program they've put in place, regardless of what you've heard, because I've done all of them, Yeah, they're pretty fantastic. They're straightforward. They're simple. They definitely expedited the process, you know, like the weight subsidy, the loan, the uh, rent subsidy, those things have all for me worked perfectly Yeah, uh, with no hiccups at all. The only one that was a big hiccup was yesterday was this patio cafe TO thing. That was a big one. They told us to get ready and both our municipalities and BIAs told me to get ready. And so I got ready. And then yesterday the news was that, you know, some patios won't be allowed if they're not in front of the restaurant, if they're not if they're on private property. And so maybe there's going to be some change there. I don't know, but yesterday was a tough day because I'd literally done a week's worth Of solid labor to get the two patios ready.
1: Oh, geez. I didn't realize that. I thought it was full steam ahead with the patios. That's. Yeah,
3: I mean, uh, we'll see. I'll probably, I don't know what the saying is, I'll just do it and ask for forgiveness later. But yeah. At this point, I've committed to them, like to, like, I've committed money and staff and things. Like, we bought planters and everything, and we sort of have committed to doing these larger patios. So. We shall see.
1: Well, I wish you luck on that. Let's talk about the sort of decision making that you're going to have coming up in terms of eventually opening. I know patio is sort of step one, but you know, the end goal is some sort of normalcy. So, what are some of the issues that you're looking at?
3: We had much of the staff in at one of our restaurants on Thursday, and we had a powwow for about an hour, and then we sort of plowed ahead and spaced the restaurant and started to think about how little things, but there's like 50 million little things. Right. You know, only one person can go to the basement to go to the bathroom. Only, you know, so directional entrance. You come in the front, you can only exit out the side. Things like olive oil and vinegar, which are on the tables. Well, those can't be on the table, or we wipe them, you know, between every use. So we have to maybe centralize it, you know, something like that. Bread gets carried to the table. For the past 20 years, you set the table before somebody sits down. Now you wait for them to sit down. Then you set the table. Yeah. Menus, you know, we wrote all our menus on chalkboards, and in our patios, luckily, we have the glass from the restaurant, the windows. And we bought some fluorescent markers and wrote the menus on the sliding doors. Huh. So we've eliminated the menus. We've limited the olive oil vinegar. We've done directional. We have a sign that's green and red, like old school, like an airplane for bathroom use. And then from there, I mean, it'll be masks, physical distancing. And then the kitchens, the kitchens themselves are actually fine. I mean, follow so many protocols in the kitchen anyway, that it's not a big jump to say, okay, now you're wearing masks.
1: Right. What about, you know, with all the online delivery services, there was a good chunk of your business that was takeout. Like, where do you see that going, going forward? Do you think people will come back to the restaurants or will you be doing more takeout as as part of your... I think takeout
3: will stay forever. I mean, if you've read anything, it's that, you know, humans adapt and then we love getting into a routine. And so I think everyone's learned to call their restaurant that they want to eat at and find out, A, if you can pick it up, B, if you can deliver. And I think they've all created that habit that, you know, Wednesdays we get X. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. I also think every restaurant has stepped up their takeout game, right? So takeout 100%. is better. Yep. You know, we're all using better containers and, and delivering and laying it out and fixed menus. and just go, Everything has progressed, and that's not going to change, I don't think. You know, the big thing we're doing this week is we're adding takeout to our menu, with an online, you know, pay platform and just so it can continue. And hopefully it can continue away from the Uber skips and uh, others.
1: Yeah, that was my next question, because I know they take a fair chunk of money out of each delivery. So are you bringing those deliveries in or are you encouraging more pickup? Like, how are you approaching that?
3: You can't get away from the app. I mean, you can talk about how they take too much and they're terrible, but the market share that Uber has is massive. And so you have to adapt to that. I'd like to not use them. I think because of some of the negative media, people are going to restaurant websites and checking first. A, if we're delivering, and B, if we have our own online platform. So, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to lose some market share once we open, once everybody gets online. The city's launching an online program with Ritual, which takes the lowest amount of fees. So there'll be some progression in there. And I think that Uber will hurt a little bit, but when it comes to convenience, if I'm sitting on my couch at 10 p.m. and I don't care about money, I'm going to use Uber. It's fast, clear, simple, and everybody's on there.
1: I know you're a big proponent of this, and, and you've tried this in the past. Do you see extension of brands? You know, famous sauces, famous desserts, famous dishes?
3: Yeah, that was the right away. We did sauces. Our sauce and our hot peppers are always asked, everybody asked. Yep. So we did sauces and hot peppers and baseball caps and a grated cheese, and then it went on from there to do groceries and everything. But that's what I mean, why would any restaurant get rid of that? There wasn't a real market for it. I mean, some restaurants did it, and it was more branding. It looked cute. Yeah. It was on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Pickled your own Pickles and whatever. But now it's real.
1: Is it a moneymaker? Does it work?
3: I don't look at I mean, it's a little bit of a moneymaker. It moves product. Like, for me, I mean, I have 100 liters of tomato sauce. To sell you a liter of tomato sauce for 10 bucks. I don't have to think about it. Like, it's done. Yeah. We all had that. There just wasn't a great demand for it, I think. Now with this, you know, creating this habit of the last 14 weeks—that's going to be important. Hey, let's you know, grab a jar of sauce from our favorite restaurant and make pasta like we did for the last 14 weeks.
2: Yeah,
1: cool. Those habits are important. I agree. Well, I wish you the best, and I hope there's a big bounce back, and everybody gets to go to restaurants. I think there will be. Fantastic. Thank you so much Thanks. for coming on the show today.
3: Anytime. Thanks.
1: Thanks to all my wonderful guests: Joel Thuna, Adar Shah, Dr. Nick Bitz, ND, and Vito Maranuzzi. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. You can find out more about the show, or you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. During COVID-19, we're suspending distribution of the magazine, but Tonic's generally available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighbourhoods in Toronto. Or, you can visit our website, tonictoronto.com, if you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Next week on the show, we'll discuss the natural treatment of sleep and stress, finding solace in solitude, and healthy grilling. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week.
0: Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement.